Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Okay, good evening. Welcome to Helping Other States Conference Call. Uh, May the 18th, 2017 at 7.36 p.m. Here's the Bivens, this prop, bearing false witness, misrepresentation, posting inflammatory art, public forums. is forbidden, shall be addressed in an appropriate manner. Eliminate all conflict and false allegations. There anyone intends at today's meeting. As a member, agent of any law enforcement or public agency, federal, state, county, city, or township agencies present, is there a response to decision for the first time? Hearing none, once again, this being inspired by false witness, misrepresentation, boasting, inflammatory, in public forums is forbidden, shall be addressed in an appropriate manner. Filming all conflict and false allegations, is there anyone in attendance at today's meeting? As a member, agent of any law enforcement or public agency of federal, state, county, city, or township agencies present. And is there any response to the session for the second time? Hearing none, third and final time, this meeting is prior, bearing false witness, misrepresentation, posting inflammatory in public forums is forbidden, shall be addressed in an appropriate manner. Eliminate all conflict and false allegations of any one intent at today's meeting. As a member or agent of any law enforcement or public agency, the federal, state, county, city, or township agency is present. Is there any response to the for the third or final time of the business? Here none. Here is a join me number tonight. Join.me forward slash 232 Two one nine dash four zero zero. That's two thirty two dash two nineteen dash four hundred. Here for thank you, Nick. Thank you, everyone, for being on the call tonight, and uh, thank you, Joseph, for being on. We're going to go to Linda, and we'll start tonight's program. I want to say good evening to everybody. This is Narveen. Good evening, Narveen. Hello. Hello. Have you have you got David with you tonight? He should be on. I'm in a separate uh, uh, phone. I see. And he uh, should be on on his own phone. Is uh, Joseph on tonight also? Yeah. Yes, I'm here. Oh, hi, Joseph. How are you? Hi. Good over you. Um, so let me text uh, David, and um, and uh, he should be getting on. I'm going to mute myself.
what the, what what is being addressed, and, and it it will be all your operations and functions. So when you're going to do a certain thing, the operations and functions document may say that that there will be an election document set up for the purpose of elections every year. Then you will go down the line and you will come to the election process document. It would also say that there will be vetting of new members and the vetting document will uh, address those issues. So everything that's in the game, everything that needs to be said, everything that you need to, to operate by will be in there. It will make mention of other documents that are on down the line, like the mission statement, Bivens decision, vetting documents, order review procedure, they'll all be in there. So anytime that you're coming to make a decision or you happen to hit a snag and putting an assembly together, you refer to the functions and operations document. <clears throat> It'll be the broad outline. It will be the, the course format of everything entailing the operation of the assembly. Thank you. May I add something to that? Yes, John. By all means. Um, and we may find, as we progress down the road, that circumstances may dictate that we amend the operations and functions document to bind it down and make it um, so it will pre prevent further obfuscations uh, that we have in the past run up against and we may you want to run your operation as smoothly as possible and everything as circumstances dictate uh, sometimes things have to be changed or added uh, to that document to encompass what's necessary to continue on peacefully. And I yield. Thank you. I yield. Thank you. Thank you. Any other Hi. comments? Questions? Yeah, I had one question. What, what's your guys join me code for tonight? I forgot to ask that. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> two, three, two, two, one nine four zero zero. Okay, thank you. Welcome. Okay. Um, any other questions or comments about operations and functions document? Okay. I think uh Jonathan and Paul said it all. That was uh, very good. Okay, answer number two is Nick. Will you do answer two, please? The answer number two is Robert's rules. Now, Robert's rules is for conducting your meetings within a civil tone, have keep an order and procedure in your meetings, but you don't have absolutely use Robert's Rules. You can use a variation of Robert's Rules. 
because Robert's rule is really de facto, but you do need some sort of rules and procedures in your meetings to conduct peaceful meetings and have much disruption to people talking over each other. Thank you. I'd like to add to that, if I may. Yes. Um, the uh, Robert's Rules of Orders does have, there are parts of that. If you if you actually get the really old Robert's Rules of Orders, you know, like one of the very first ones, they do have some very practical suggestions, or you could use them as suggestions. For example, if you have a great discussion in your, um, or a lengthy discussion in, in your assembly and lots and lots of people want to talk, you could actually um, put a time limit in there. You get three minutes. We did that one time, and that's kind of general now. If there's a great big topic and lots of people have things to, to say, then everybody gets three minutes, and then the person that, then, then somebody else that has already spoken can then take another turn. That's basically the way we run it now. Anyway, I yield. Okay. Um, answer number three is Dan. Opening and closing prayers. One of the early founding fathers, I think it was Benjamin Franklin, insisted uh, on uh, opening and closing prayers for the country. And I think it's a very good idea for us um, that we recognize the Creator of all things, the one that created us and everything we see around us. Yes, I yield. Oh, I forgot to ask everyone. They had anything else to add about answer number two, Robert's Rules of Order, or comments, and then anything you want to add or comment about answer three, opening and closing prayer? Uh, just about the Robert's Rules, I remember that I found that the first version of it, I think, was only like 24 pages long. It wasn't that long at all. Um, I'm still working on trying to find a PDF for it, and I've got actually two other people looking for it, too. As soon as I do find it, I will send it. Uh, I'll send it over your, send it over to you guys okay. in Michigan. Um, so, yeah, that was the update okay. for that. Because we kind of talked about it last week, I remember, the different types of rules that were other than Robert's. So, anyway, I yield. Thank you. Can I interject something here? Yes. Sir. Yes. Uh, Steve from Illinois. Um, I think uh, I think Zen. I have a copy of Robert's rules on the computer here, and I'll double check to make sure that I have it, and then I'll send it to you later tonight. Okay. I didn't remember the. Uh, I didn't remember which version you had because there was one. I looked up that there was something like three or four, or maybe more versions of Robert's rules because it seems to just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But yeah, please, whenever you do have a chance, that'd be great because I I don't have a full copy of any of them, let alone the first one. So, thanks. I yeah, I think I have a, I think I have a current PDF. I yield. Uh, I might um, comment on answer three. 
Yes, sir. Um, Dan was saying that, that we're calling on our creator. Well, our creator is the supreme sovereign, and we are made in his image, and thus we are our own sovereigns, each individual. And uh, I yield. May I add that the Creator has given us um, an amazing amount of power over uh, our surroundings. I've been learning this the last couple of years. Anyway, um, that's all for now. I yield. Okay. Any other comments or questions? Okay. Answer four. Jonathan, would you um, go to answer four, please? Um, mission statement. Uh, your mission statement sort of puts it out there what what your objective is for the assembly to um, turn things into back to original jurisdiction. Um, shoot, I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> I wanted to read it, but it's it's saying that uh, the the assembly is for all people. Uh, and right, and it has a, a statement in there about uh, everyone is oh about conflicts. Uh, everyone is free to do whatever they like unless it interferes with someone else. And it's a I'm short telling. statement. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Everyone is entitled to the, their own freedom until um, your in, your freedom interferes with my freedom. Right. It's basically a, a general short statement that it sums up what the whole assembly is about. Any questions? Uh, not so much question, but uh, would somebody happen to have an example of a mission statement that they think is uh, pertinent to the uh, assembly? Meaning the mission assembly, obviously. Each assembly we wrote our own. Our assembly actually wrote our own statement. Um, You you can start off with the purpose. The purpose of this assembly is to. Well, we hear the mission statement. Yes, yes. The purpose of this assembly is to re-examine the unalienable rights of the people of this of this nation, and you can go on from there. So when you got somebody that's coming by 
and they're looking to add on to another tier in their multi-level marketing, you could just point to that mission statement and say, that's the reason on the wall. That statement hanging on that banner is why we're here, and that's our business. And everything that goes on in this room is within the confines of that statement. It may be something that you will write in the beginning and maybe leave on a piece of paper and then go back to two or three times. We did. We made changes in our mission statement for two or three months after we thought we had it written the first time. We kept adding and subtracting and changing words till we got it to the point of where it is today. It, it's, it's just for more than anything. We liked the mission statement for a while, and we had a lot of chaos in the meetings. And once that mission statement was on the wall, that ended the baloney. That was, if, if you're going to get up and speak, if you're going to raise an issue, it's, it's got to be assembly business. It's got to be connected with the assembly. Are you? I think um, David and Irene have seen our mission statement, but for the benefit of... The other person, I'm sorry, I didn't remember his I'm name. Steve, Steve and Joseph are on tonight with us. Okay, Joseph was thinking of, we the people claiming our God-given rights based in Christian principles intend to return and maintain the government of Michigan, a free and independent nation equal state, to the status proclaimed by the Magna Carta, the Declaration of Independence, and the original organic constitution dated 1787 and amended 1791. These God-given rights are for all people, realizing the only limitation which affects a God-given right is where there is a conflict between the rights claimed by two or more sovereign people. And I yield. To me, it's such a powerful statement, I get all Bound up. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. You get wound may, up may, in, I yeah. may I interject something? And I'm, I want to play uh, devil's advocate here for a second. Um, oh, yes. when, you, when, when you make the statement Christian principles, uh, are we not uh, alienating those who are not of Christian upbringing? This country started off Christian. And then we maintain that. All the way. Well, the, reason, uh, the, reason, the reason I asked, the, yeah. the reason I posed, uh, the reason I posed that question is, uh, as Nardine being uh, of Indian descent, uh, her, um, you know, her creator and her uh, uh, spirituality uh, may be a little bit different than what the Christian principles set forward. And I know that there were some other people that were involved in the Illinois Assembly early on that uh, were Taoist and some were uh, 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 of different faiths, but still of uh, good character and, you know, uh, upright standing with the community. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I find that uh, uh, to be... You know, a hurdle that needs to be overcome. Not that you know your particular belief or your Christianity is 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 under attack or anything. But I think the door needs to be open for others who are of a different uh, faith. May I 
point out that in this mission statement, it does say these God-given rights are for all people, which is in capital letters. Okay. Realizing the only limitation which affects a God-given right is where there is a conflict between the rights claimed by two or more sovereign people. So we're not excluding someone of a different faith as far as their religion goes. But right. they need to they need to maintain the Christian principles, if you will, um, nature's law equals maybe the Ten Commandments. Knowing the difference between right and wrong so that you're not interfering, there is not a conflict between two or more sovereign people. And are you? I'd like to add to that, if I may, please. Um, at the beginning, it says claiming our God-given rights based in Christian principles. These are the these are the God-given rights that the Lord or the Creator, our Creator, the Creator of the universe, has given to all people on the whole earth, and we we must respect that, and we do we do in our assembly. In our in our own county assembly, we have um, uh, Sam Bhagwat. He's from India, and he's 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 very much he's very much like Narveen. He loves this country just as much as we do, and um, I think I think that uh, his his beliefs fit right in. And he's he's never had any kind of a um, an unkind word to say about any of us, and we've never had an unkind word to say about him. And we're all one. I, I guess I could say we've all become a big family in, in our particular um, Oakland County Assembly, and um, we like it. We like it, and. And in the beginning of our country, um, there were some Jewish settlements that had correspondence with George Washington. And you can look up the letters that he wrote to them. And um, they were completely on board with what, with what the, um, the founding fathers were doing, the Jewish settlements. There were a number of Jewish settlements. And, um, but they were concerned. They had a concern, just like you do, I think it was Stephen, you speaking about this, and um, yeah. the letter that was written back to the, the Jewish um, communities was that they would be unmolested in the practice of their religion just as long as they were, were peaceful. And and um, and I think some of them they they even fought in the revolution too. They sent some of their men to fight in the revolution. I'm almost positive about that. But anyway, that that's something that. We've done a little study on, and there's even there are even some Muslim people in our in our assembly. I don't think they attend on a regular basis, but they're in our assembly and they're welcome also. So I must say that when the country was first founded, it was founded on the Christian principles. It was not founded on a state religion. It was not founded on the state Christian religion. It was founded on Christian principles. Because most of the people that were here in the country were Christians, they were of different different um, 
and there were even Catholics too. I must I must say that. Um, and then there were also um, all the all the different Protestant um, religions or sects, I should say. There's, there were Baptists, there were Quakers, and there were oh, and the Mormons came along, and um, the uh, uh, Presbyterians, Congregationalists. There were all all of them, but not one of them was promoted as the religion of our nation. Thank you. Uh, this is Emily. I um, am stopping so I can participate for a few minutes. But all of those religions that you mentioned, Catholic, Presbyterian, um, Lutheran, they're, they're still all Christian, <laughs> even though they have their you know, own designation of how their worship is structured, but they're still Christians. And I yield. Can Buck speak up? Most certainly. Most every other nation around the world either had a king or an oligarchy government or some big dictator. In other words, the people answered to an individual. The men and women coming to this country said, we will have no king except the king of heaven, and therefore it's going to be a Christian nation built upon the principles of the Bible that we have followed from the 13 different countries that we came from to settle in this country. No king other than God Almighty. I yield. Is there anyone else that has got some comments or questions on uh, number three? I guess I wanted to say we're not excluding anyone as long as we're all of like mind operating on Christian principles. I yield. Any other comments or questions? I think we always said everybody has a right to their own opinion. I have a, I have a comment. There is a certain religion that has no scruples about lying to someone of a, another faith. I'll leave it at that. Um, answer number five is, um, oh, Buck, I'm going to put you in the, the loop here. you want to do answer number five, or do you want me to go ahead with that? Well, I'll take a stab at it. Okay. Probably need to join me, Buck. Oh, I got it. I was, I was on earlier. Oh, okay. Number five, the Bivens decision statement. That is thereby notifying anyone in the meeting that they are welcome in the meeting as long as they're not there to be causing harm. The Bivens decision says if you're a government official of a village, of a city or a township or a county or a state, all you have to do is say, I hold such and such a position. This particular government, which we automatically know is de facto. 
Well, you kind of put your shoulder pads on a little bit and see if they're going to try to bump you around or steer you down something that is not kosher with being a de jure government. But if they live in the community, they certainly should be welcome to come in, and hopefully the generality of people at the meeting without even trying, will convince them that a de jure government is better than a de facto government. But it's merely making these people or requesting these people to expose themselves that they are part of the de facto government. And therefore, I will only speak for myself, I watch them a little closer. I listen to their side conversations to make sure they're not building some type of a case to cause us to fall down on our face. And with that, I will yield. The Vivis decision got started a long time ago as a result of government agents that were sent to uh, naturopathic uh, people. You could say doctors. And they were posing as a client, but they were actually there to serve as an investigator for the government. And they were taking unfair advantage. So the Bivens decision, I know several people that I have been to that have got that statement on the wall right by the front door. So when people are coming in, they get to read that statement right off quick. And... uh, are asked to identify themselves if they're there for anything other than being a a client. I yield. Any other comments, questions? Yeah, I had one. Yes, sir. Um, Actually, a question. If someone could send me, because I can't seem to find it, I was just looking the last 10 minutes online to try to find the not the decision itself. I could I could find the decision itself regarding the case of what you were just talking about, but what I can't seem to find is the verbiage you used at the beginning of the meeting to inform anyone who might be there with nefarious ideas or for the wrong reasons to basically get the hell out. I can't find the verbiage anywhere, what you guys say. Could somebody email that to me? Well, I that, think it's... Yeah, that's yeah, you're going to have to write for yourself. You're going to have to write your own. Yeah, these, I these think it's all, in the book. The, yeah, these are all documents you're going to have to compose on your own. It's going to be unique to Illinois. You know, we could send you our copies of every one of these documents, but then Illinois would not be in them. They'd be Michigan documents. So that's why we're going over tonight the gist of every document, what it entails and its purpose. I, that Bivens decision statement that's made at the beginning of every meeting has not been electronically released anywhere. We're finding some of the material that's protected has been electronically re- released and screenshot. Now it's around the world, and it's our personal property for the assembly. It, it does not belong to everyone out there. And that's the reason, uh, David, that you can't find that anywhere. Okay, so it's something you guys wrote, not something that was already created for other meetings and other places. No, everything in this entire lesson tonight is what we put our pen to the paper with. 
It's, right. it's all, every bit of it is ours. We haven't taken anything from anyone else. Other than uh, Robert's Rules of Order, we uh, we adopted out of there what we wanted, but everything else is our creation. Okay. That would be why I could not have found it. All right. That answers that question. Okay. We had the banner up at the meeting that you came to in Marcellus, but I guess maybe we didn't draw enough attention to it. <laughs> I you uh, yeah, I don't recall if I wrote it down either, so I'll have to go with it. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, uh, Paul. That that, um, that explains everything uh, very succinctly. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Any other um, comments or questions about the Bivens decision statement? Thanks. Okay. We'll go on to answer number six. Answer number six is the vetting process. Now, there in our assembly, there has been a vetting process right from the very beginning. And that was, uh, gosh, it must have been a year, year and a half, even before I joined. And um, when, uh, when I joined, people asked me questions. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, it didn't seem very obvious to me that I was being vetted because they didn't sit me down and say, I'm vetting you, but um, sitting someone down and asking them questions or asking them generally questions ahead of time is, um, can be the process of vetting. And we have, back then we had, uh, I think it was a four-page document, and we still have a four-page document because um, some of the counties came up with setting um, criteria, specific criteria. And one, one of the specific criteria that uh, we actually put into the state document from that, we, we, we revised it when we, when we did our um, training program. And we put it into our training program as a working document. And um, we're going to get it out of the working document page pretty soon, go over it again and, and make it an official document. And it is um, specific to, well, I should say, there's one thing that a per person can do is they can come in and they can sign up with all the documents, but they're um, on a trial basis for six months just to see how they work out, and if they learn, if they participate, and so on. And then after that, then they may, may become a full-fledged member. And that, that's according to our writing document in its working, working document. Um, and really the purpose of the uh, vetting process is to see if they are of like mind or if they have a personal agenda, or if they're planning on obfuscating the operation of the assembly, or if they're going to promote, if they're interested in promoting and uh, helping the progress move forward. And that's, that's just uh, a way of keeping people safe. In the beginning, 
when they started, people were encouraged to bring someone that they could vouch for. And that way we could expand by people that somebody at least knew. We've had problems. Well, it wasn't a problem, but we've had the occasion where at one time a fellow drove pretty near 600 miles to be at a meeting, and no one knew him. He was... It was only on a phone conversation with one person in the assembly, and nobody, he couldn't remember what person that was, or we couldn't find anybody to vouch for him. And so it did create quite a problem with this fellow. He had an immediate need. He thought we were going to help him through his court date, which was not to, was not to be had from us. So these are all, with this vetting process in place, you have a system and a procedure set up for new people coming in. Are you? Buck would like to add to that. Yes, Buck. Yes, sir. Part of, part of in the action of vetting people out, when you mention the word original jurisdiction, you kind of read their face and their thoughts. If they think that's old-fashioned and way out of date and they really don't think they want any part of it, then you have to ascertain within your mind if they're going to be a hindrance to your group. We in the assembly, and I hope in all the assemblies of the states that are forming, have to recognize that we had the greatest foundation by our, our forefathers which made America extremely great for over 200 years. And other nations envied us because of the values that we had. When you're vetting, if people do not, especially the younger generations, but there are some middle-aged, too, that think it's old-fashioned and, well, I don't think, I think we got to move on. Well, you're going to have problems with them, so you, you kind of want to sort that out as you go. I yield. Thank you. Any others? Yeah, I, I guess I have a comment about it. I mean, I'm I'm well aware of the fact that this process has to take place given, I think, more or less the condition that our society is now in. However, I'll set that as an aside for a moment. Um, but the idea that the assembly, the, the popular assembly itself, in some way, shape, or form, you know, really does, it should be open to all that are lawfully domiciled in the county, whether you want them there or not, because technically they have a voice too. So I have this problem in my, in my sense about what it actually means to be a popular assembly and the level of vetting, even though I'm, I'm, I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that shouldn't happen, because obviously, like I said, and we know that it has to, but I think there has to be serious thought given to what you decide as a group as to what is going to be in or not. Because I think some people's emotional, they're, they're, they'll tend to emotionally vet, or vent, I should say, out their frustrations and whatnot that might seem disruptive in the beginning maybe of a meeting or of a process but 
that because there's this deep anger and I would say justifiable rage even in a lot of people right now, I think a lot of that is going to come out and maybe it should be allowed to come out a bit, obviously not too much so it doesn't disrupt the whole meeting, but you know, I, there's just, there's a fine line there and I'm, I'm going to do as best I can in the grand jury manual to, to tell people not what the line is, but to be very careful about not crossing it. Because there's a whole aspect of freedom of speech there that is also protected, but I'm well aware of the fact that it can go too far. So anyway, I yield. I, th I heard a quote last night that really struck a chord with me, and it goes along with today's problems. In order for our nation to become great again, the people must become good again. I like that. Because too many people are involved with drugs, involved with lying, stealing, cheating, for whatever their reasons are, or if they even have any reasons to be doing so or just doing it for the fun of it. People have to become basically good people again that can be trusted, that you don't have to be watching your back all the time, that you become as one uh, human beings trusting each other. And in our present-day climate, you don't know who to trust. And I guess that's why you have a vetting process to try to avoid the conflict, not avoid debate, not avoid moving forward or solving problems, but, but to avoid the bad. We want to promote the good, and I yield. We had a situation in Michigan where a lot of the people, nearly all of the people that were involved in the formation of the assembly were all patriot people. They'd been to court, they studied law, everyone had a black law book under their arm. Some had, had written documents, and we had a lot of people that could do a lot of things, and they had a lot of background knowledge and a lot of experience. And people started coming to the assembly similar to the fellow I just told you about who drove 600 miles overnight to be there because he wanted help in court. He says, I I was told that if I come saw, see you fellows that you would help me in court. And and I told him, I said, that's not the case. I says, I'll tell you exactly what we're doing. I says, we're mounting an effort for all the people to come together to reclaim their rights I says, and to put an end to this foolishness that's going on once and for all, to put the government back in the hands of the people. If you decide to fight this one battle with us, if you decide to, to join us and, and contribute what you can and do what you can and work along with us, we hope that in time, from this day forward, we can bring about the reestablishment of this country under, under a lawful command. 
And you have to make that known. And you, when a new person comes in and they say halfway through their conversation, I got a traffic ticket. And I understand there's people here that have beaten traffic tickets. I need that help. And we tell them, go pay the fine. Take the point. Be at the meeting and do what you can. Because that's not our agenda, is to set up an open legal help here. So everybody that walks through the door can chew up half the day talking about court cases and this and that and everything else. And our work doesn't get done. You can see that on the screen, you know, we've, if you, we've got 20-some items, you know, that we have put together. And a lot of people had did a lot of work, and we got really frustrated when people were coming into the room and want to go another avenue. So when you bet, when you sit down and you talk with someone, like David, you and I have sat and had conversations, and we exchange back and forth what's on our minds, and we find that common ground, and both of us already know the necessity of what needs to be done. The vetting also is a bonding where you, the person who is coming looking for the answer is connecting with the person who feels that we're partway there. You know, come and see what we've done. Understand where we're at. You know, we have our mission pretty much set in stone, but, you know, we're listening every day. We don't know it all. So therefore, it keeps the whole assembly on course. John and Linda, well, everybody on this book, we have never turned away anybody on a vetting that I can remember. No. Does anybody know of anyone we've ever turned away? No. But we have removed, we have removed people from the assembly. For their, for their conduct, you know, that was way more than what the assembly could handle. So I hope David and Darvine uh, and Joseph and Stephen, maybe this will bring you around to uh, seeing why we do this. It's not super harsh, but you have to make the connection with people that come in. I spent 45 minutes at the last state meeting talking with a fellow who was genuinely interested and has been looking for this for a long time. But he had a lot of questions and it worked perfect, you know. He was he was more or less betting us, but it all the the process worked. We both under both sides have an understanding and it's clear to each other where the other party is at. I yield. Could could we give a, an example of why we removed someone? Why not? It'd be good. They need to know this. Well, the one that I was... Well, there was a guy that was... Uh, Linda knows the guy better than I do because they were from her area. Can you explain, Linda? Or do you want me to try to? Gosh. Why don't you try to, and then I'll remember it, and maybe I can add to it. We had someone that that was telling people that he would uh, help them solve their problem. 
but they had to pay oh. him some money up front. Well, yes. he would he would try to make it look like he was doing something. They would still lose their house, and then his buddy was in real estate, and he was just waiting for the person to lose their house so he could get the listing and make a killing on uh, on the situation. And yet the guy who started the process was just as guilty as because he wasn't doing anything for the people um, that were being foreclosed upon. And then to be in cahoots with another person uh, to move in and pick up the pieces and take advantage when we found out what was going on, that was the end of the one, and the other one knew he was in the wrong and decided to go elsewhere. He wasn't going to get anywhere with our group, so he moved on. Well, to another group, and that didn't take them long to find out who he was and where he was coming from, and I don't think they have too much respect for him either. I, I don't need to give names, but if you ever run into him, those were the circumstances, and I understand he's still trying to do the same thing. He doesn't learn his lessons. I yield. Yes, I remember that. I remember that what happened. Oh, he was crossing over into counties, too. The one lady that he required, that he had to require money up front. She paid him a lot of money. And she called me crying one day and wanting help. And I said, well, hold on a second. I think I know who you should talk to. So I called them. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, these, they're one of my clients. <laughs> I was a little shocked. I was a little shocked. And then later on, all of this information and talking to other people and um, you know, talking about it with the people in the assembly. It all came to the the point that Jonathan talked about, and um, we removed him from the assembly, and the other one went on his way. That was really sad. That was just really sad. And and that's not what your assembly is about. It's not a mm, take a take a lot of money from somebody they lose their house anyway. You go sell their house, and they're out in the cold. We we are not a revenue generating assembly. <laughs> it's self sufficient. Any other comments about that vetting process? This is, this is Joseph from uh, Illinois uh, Assembly. Yes. Um, just a just a comment here. Looking at the the, the vetting situation um, from a logistical standpoint, if we look at the uh, the history, uh, the uh, jurisdiction of the land was the part that allowed us to really see the difference between the republic form and democracy. Democracy is based on the crowd, voice, and it's part of jurisdiction of the sea. So we have to, obviously, yes, I, I agree with Dave too, uh, uh, based on his, uh, his statements, 
But we have to make sure that in, in the republic, we need to use discernment. We have to have the capacity to discern what is right and what is wrong. Right. And, and I yield. Excellent. Excellent. Excellent word, discernment. That's really, really, that's a really great word, yeah. That's exactly what we need to use. We need to be wise. Wise and kind. And um, anyway, any other comments? Yeah, I was just thinking perhaps after I get done with the grand jury manual, I should start working and grab a few people to help me to create a manual to absolutely unequivocally have a test for psychopathy. Oh, okay. Sure. Sure. Make, just make it's an assembly, assembly process. That's all. Any other comments, questions? Um, we'll go on to the answer seven then. Paul, uh, senior, um, could you answer? Could you take answer number seven, please? Answer number seven is the border review procedure. In our beginning, and it's a good thing we followed this vetting process, we were having upheaval in the room. We were having people that were bringing up solutions to problems that caused us to stray from our original uh, decision as, as to what to do and, and, and what to accomplish. And some of these can be stop in a meeting and have a discussion and, and talk to the people and tell them, you know, well, your idea is fine, but it's it's not what we need for what we're doing. Sometimes that would escalate to a point where it got just over the top and assembly business was spilling out into the countryside and sometimes uh, we had situations where one member was misusing another and sometimes we had uh, things said by members that were not corralled with a couple little conversations off to the side with some bailiffs or with some officers, so it was out of control. And what we did was that situation got on the floor, and when it got on the floor, people that had come there with the best intentions in the world and would have made super, super members to fall behind our effort and push were leaving because they didn't want to sit and listen to this garbage going on it sounded like as the stomach turns rather than, you know, the business of the assembly. So the border review was put in place. The border review comes under the moderator. If someone in the assembly knows something for an absolute fact that's being done that shouldn't be done, then it's outside the assembly business, but it affects the assembly. It's not furthering the assembly. It's dragging the assembly down. That person writes up a presentation 
of exactly what they know that has happened and what's transpired and brings with it whatever proof they have of what's what's happened. Documents that have ended up with assembly writing on a document, that that document did not come from the assembly is one thing that happened. And then that document went to court with assembly names all over it. And that was just like, that was a real problem. So then the moderator, up till now, has is, is picked three people that are usually in close proximity so they can work together and forms the board of review from these three people and asks one of those three people to be the chairman of that board of review and presents them with all the information that's going on and a list of the people who may supply more information if they have to talk to them. And the board of review meets privately. They meet and they discuss everything that they discuss among themselves and if they have to go out and they have to talk to somebody else in the assembly to get more information about what needs to go on or what they're trying to find out or they're trying to put some some proof and some substance to the claim. They ask those people not to talk to anybody else until this board of review is complete. They reach a conclusion. They find out exactly what went on. And they reach a conclusion about they can have a recommendation whether uh, that person should be dismissed from the assembly and why. One time we had a situation come up where the fellow did nothing wrong at all in the, in the border review come back and, and dismissed the whole business. When that happens, you bring the findings of the border review to, to a meeting and it is stated what the presentment was, not in detail, but just at large, like in 25 words or less, this is what the problem was. This is who it involved. This is what the charge was or the upset was. And this is the findings. And then we uh, would hope that a motion would come from the floor either to accept or deny the Board of Review's findings. If it's denied, it has to be on some pretty rigid... Someone's got out there has got to know a whole lot more than what the Board of Review was able to find out. But up till now, the Board of Review has always... Uh, supported the, or the assemblies always supported their border review findings. But what it does in a nutshell is it takes peripheral garbage that's going on in the assembly. Instead of dragging it up on the floor, it goes before the border review so the assembly can continue to function as it should. We, we don't have those, those issues are not on the floor. Those issues are not burning time and they're not upsetting new people that have been to two or three meetings and they want to continue and and they don't need to listen to that kind of going on. This board of review protects the assembly. It protects the assembly like the mission statement protects the assembly. It protects it like the Bivens decision protects it. It protects it like the vetting process. It seems kind of ridiculous that an effort of our nature would need all that protection. But I'll tell you what, half of this country is made up out of people that just want to be left alone. 
and the other half is made up out of people that won't let them. So that bleeds over into our effort also. We There's people out there that just are contradictory to a good thing happening. So therefore, we have to protect ourselves. I would highly recommend a border review be put in place to function. I yield. I'd like yeah. to add. Yes, sir. Go ahead. I just wanted to say that along with all the fake news going around, you're not dealing with good people if they're putting out fake news. But even stronger, I think it's biblical that says someplace prevarication is the greatest sin. So if you're putting out false information, false accusations, that's not going to help the assembly. And thus you need vetting, thus you need order review to squelch the the ones that are trying to obfuscate a yield. This is Dan, Mr. Roderick. May I? Yes. Uh, we instituted a very easy rule to a very simple rule that uh, someone is speaking in the assembly and they're going off course. We have three people that object. Uh, that that'll stop that whatever is going on the process. You. That was an amendment to our operations and functions. Any other um, questions about the Board of Review? Uh, I had a comment about the disruption side of it. I got the feeling, not because you exactly said it, but because the traffic issue came up. I get the feeling there was a bunch of people that came there, or, well, I'm sure a lot of people came there for various different reasons, obviously, but everybody has little different issues, whether it be mortgages, traffic, all the other various different issues that are going on which need to end. That having been said, a lot of these things are life-critical to people, and if they come to a place where they are hoping to find other like-minded people and they find the like-minded people, but then there's no method to get something going in a way that they feel is positive and forward-moving or, pro or progressing at the speed that they wish, they'll leave. So just as a slight suggestion, possibly, that when you get somebody that pops up that says, you know, that their barn's on fire, maybe it would be a good idea to just pass a motion and say, hey, why doesn't a committee get formed to focus on that issue and anybody who wants to join that committee can go work on that issue and that committee then comes back and reports to the General Assembly as to the facts that they find regarding that particular issue and on, on a regular basis until either the issue is completely worked out as in, yes, what I mean is that we've totally figured out how to crush every mortgage and stop every traffic ticket, or that committee continues until that work is finished. 
so that the people don't feel as though that they can't get something done or work with somebody else to get something done, which is still an aspect and a and is is still deliberating upon our rights, but it is a separate issue than perhaps assembly business of that day, week, or month. That's just a suggestion, and I yield. David, what has happened several times is people have come to the meeting, and their barn was on fire, and they brought their paperwork with them. And in the morning, before the meeting started, you know, we we just sat down and took a few minutes to look over what they had. And so we had the rest of the day to think about it. And then the people in the room who were qualified and, and decided to do so went and helped that person. They put some paperwork together and did some filing in court and did what they had to do. But, I mean, the people that got help were the people that were in a lot of trouble. And it was super serious. It was beyond a situation of a foreclosure. So we we don't turn a, a blind... We don't turn our back on those that are with us, but on the on a lesser level from what you've just stated, the traffic tickets and things like that, driving without a driver's license, driving without plates, all those things we told people, go get your license, register your car, buy insurance, do what you got to do so you can get to the meetings, so you can help us. You know, the, the serious stuff, we, we helped them with all we possibly could. And the, the lesser stuff that they were in control of, they, you know, we, we just told them. He says, you're going to burn all us out on these situations. And, I mean, we won't be having time or the effort to to do what we need to do. Does that, does that kind of fall into uh, what you were speaking of? Well, yes and no. If somebody's house or somebody's barn is on fire, then, yeah, I could see how you could put a couple of people needed to get together to help them. I was talking about a more a more long-term solution to all of this, to organize the minds that wish to focus on particular issues with those other minds and and category by category so that committees are formed to go work on these things and that they report back to the to the assembly to say, "Hey, look, this is what we found this month." Look, we found this thing that worked this month. We found this case that worked this month, and we are now giving a report to the General Assembly, or sorry, Popular Assembly, as to what we found. And then other members that were not privy to that research or the discussions that might have happened in other committee meetings regarding those particular issues are then informed as to what they found. Exactly the same thing that happens in committees in Congress. You separate out to all right, you guys go do and take care of this, and then you report back later. And then everybody else gets the report, and they find out what they did. It's a way of delegating authority in a way, and it's a time management thing, in a way so that these solutions, or the solutions that will eventually be there, are found. Because after 22 years of doing this, I'm getting a little bit frustrated in running into the new, well, I don't want to get, on my soapbox, but that 
the, the people that are brand new and they, they come running in and they, they, find, they feel that there's a solution, but they really have no idea where to go. And they come running in and they say, hey, 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 come and fix it. And I say, look, I've been working on this issue for a very, very long time. This is the best I've got right now. Will you be willing to help me make it better? Or do you have anybody else that's willing to help me perhaps make it better? And if you do, have them come join this particular committee and we'll keep working on it until it's done. Because my attitude is that this will be over all of it in a very short period of time. And I am not going to continue to spin my wheels, as it were. And the organization of it is what I was referring to. If you don't have enough members for it, I can see how that's not really going to be an option. But, of course, that's about the importance of getting numbers. And then you can go to people and say, look, hey, Look at all these different committees that we have at our popular assembly. Look, there's five people working on this. There's five people working on that. There's, there's 25 people working on this all together. Which of these would you like to come join? You then have a smorgasbord of solutions and possibilities for people to want to come join the assembly and give their nervous, anxious, or productive and driving energy, someplace to go to get something done. That's that's what I was saying. So I yield. You, you crossed over the, the two most important marks. Is one is the amount of people that you have, so you can you can set up what you're talking about. So you've got to have qualified people that can help in the uh, addressing these matters of concern with different members. And and we just don't have enough bodies to go around other than, you know, to handle just the burning barns is about all we can take care of at this time. However, people in the assembly that constantly do research, and there are several, they pass this information around. And when we have the hour at noon and we have the hour prior to the beginning of the meeting, people come in and get talking. And people share information that comes off websites and information that comes off thumb drives. And if somebody's in a pickle, we make real sure that whatever we find, that we get to them. And, uh, you know, we say, I'll email that to you as soon as I get home and find it or whatever. So, But we don't have enough people to be spread out that far to, to do those many things. But it is an excellent idea if you, you get an assembly up to the point where you've got a lot of people that are qualified. You know, We feel, and I hope this is not letting the cat out of the bag, but we feel three or four years ago the statement was made in the Michigan Assembly, if we can get just one seated people's grand jury and come up with an indictment, this assembly will take off like a forest fire. All we got to do is get one. And that's what we were aiming at. We said once we get one, 
one that goes all the way through to its end conclusion. It says, then the membership will grow. Then the people will know what's going on. Then they'll understand the process that we're trying to uh, execute to uh, have the people, you know, uh, bring the original jurisdiction government back in again. I think you've said some excellent things, but (laughs) most people in this assembly have got two or three jobs as it is. I yield. Yeah, and I I think maybe if the if I can work with Joseph and Hawk and Andy and, and get uh just get an organizational layout of it. Even if there aren't enough people, the the tragedy that would ensue if you went out and really started recruiting to not have that organizational layout already ready to go to use all of that potential knowledge and research capacity of whoever might come flowing into your assembly, to me, seems, to me it seems a, it would be a level of a tragedy far greater than I would be willing to bear. So I'm going to work on that organization and I will implement it into the grand jury handbook because I think if we do it right, not only will the flow be much, much easier, but all of that information that we'll gather and we'll work out together in those committees will be the catalyst of everything that's going to have to be done in the grand jury anyway. It's going to have to be a process that's done before and anyway, so why not just start it whilst you're doing the other? So so I'll think about it. I'll roll it around in my head. But, yeah, I think I, I, I fully agree with you on both sides. So, yeah, I yield. So, David, this is what I would call enhanced awareness, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure, exactly. Just an FYI, we're at 8.54, and if you guys want to join that 9 o'clock call, we need to kind of wrap it up here. Thank, yeah. thank you. I, I, I'd like to say one thing. It's probably going to be about three sentences. We do have, we do have a lot of plans. We have a lot of committees that we have plans for. We had a lot of committees and a lot of committee members a long time ago. Well, I shouldn't say a long time ago, not too long ago. So we had the structure already set up. But what we didn't have was vetting process that was being used that everyone agreed to. And we didn't have a board of review. And we didn't have a mission statement and some of these other things. And um, now we're doing three or four jobs at one time. I yield. Thank you, David, for taking us off into an area that there's no doubt in my mind we need to go. We need to give us some thought. I really appreciate you bringing this up tonight. But uh, we're, we're going to have to build a trap and <laughs> trap some more members along the road to get everything done that should be done. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. I'm, I'm already working on getting the – I'm working on building my, my research community right now outside of, you know, anything else. I'm trying to – I'm working on building a national research community right now. I've already – 
spoken to Michael Bednarik about it, and everybody else in the Illinois Assembly knows about it, um, and a few other people. Um, and so I'm building one anyway, but I'm going to try and make the organizational structure the same thing and then duplicate it and make it make it so it can be duplicated in any way, shape, or form. And so when I get it sound, I'm going to put it in the grand jury manual exactly the way that it is working properly. And if it needs to be tweaked before the grand jury manual goes out, I'll tweak it. If not, that's how it's going to be. So any input that you want to give and anything, discussions that you guys have to add to it, email it to me, and we'll talk about it, and I'll put it in the manual, okay? Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate it. Folks, we're going to end this call tonight on on answer seven, and we'll pick it up next time. Uh, Illinois, would you like some company next week? Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, guys. Great. We'll see you next week at 730. And and thank you, uh, Stephen and Joseph and David and Narveen for being on tonight. And thank you very much for all your input and your comments. Thank you, Michigan, for being on this call tonight and for participating. We'll see you on the 25th at 7.30 in Michigan and 6.30 in Illinois. We'll see you then. Thank you very much, and good night, everyone. And thank you, Nick, for running the board. Thank you so much. Good night. Everybody. Good evening. Bye-bye. Okay. This will end the Helping Other States Conference call for Thursday, May the 18th, 2017, at 8.57 p.m. We'll see you back here next week at 7.30. My name is Antex Kedumi. I'm special. Thank you. Have a good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.